Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. And hello, my name's Kay. We will be reading from the Book of Signs by Dr. David Jeremiah, and we're going to start with the purification of the new heaven and the new earth. Kay, why don't you start us out, please? Okay. As we drill into the information contained in these passages, we tap into some astounding facts and start asking some logical questions, such as, when will the new heaven and the new earth arrive on the scene? <laughs> well, notice the order of events in Revelation. The bulk of the middle chapters in the book, Revelation 6 through 18, describe the unfolding events of the coming period of the tribulation with their seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls of wrath, leading up to the final climatic battle in world history, the Battle of Armageddon. Yikes. And the next chapter, Revelation 19, the angelic hosts burst into praise as Christ returns to earth to f- defeat the forces of the Antichrist and to rescue his people. Woohoo! Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Wow! Angelic host. Boy, that is going to be a data. Burst into praise. Burst into praise, absolutely. <laughs> the first part of Revelation 20 describes the millennial kingdom that Christ will establish when he comes again. The last part of chapter 20 describes the great white throne judgment. This is when all Christ's rejectors will be condemned. Then we turn the page, as it were, and begin reading in Revelation 21 about the creation of the new heaven and the new earth. Chronologically, then, we're reading about an event that will occur after the rapture of the church, after the tribulation and the battle of Armageddon, after the second coming of Christ, after the millennial kingdom, and after the great white throne judgment. After the final events in human history have concluded, the curtain will fall on time and will raise and will arise on eternity. So let's go back to Peter's words in Second Peter three, ten through twelve and see how he describes this moment. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? It, it is Ooh. amazing. I just, I just oh. love the way <laughs> he explains this and goes mm-hmm. into great detail. I believe that it, that is when the new heaven and the new earth will appear. But that leads to another question. How will they come to into being? What does the Bible mean when it says... Heaven and earth will pass away. 
Earlier in my ministry, I believed the current earth and universe would be totally annihilated and completely destroyed. I've heard other others teach about how the Lord will thoroughly wipe out every vestige of the old universe and start over from scratch. Over the years, I've grown into my understanding of this event, and after years of studying this subject, it seems clear to me that the Lord will create a new heaven and a new earth by renovating, overhauling, refurbishing, and reconstituting the old heaven and the earth. Rather than being totally annihilated, the present heaven and earth will be cleansed, glorified, and equipped for our eternal use. And equipped. He's going to equip it with everything. I told him the other day, I said, God, you got to have my philosophy cream up there for me because I just want to dive into a big pool of it and my coffee. (laughs) Several phrases and insights suggest this is the case. Burned up. Take, for example, the words burned up. Notice again what Peter said, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. The heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, Second Peter. The phrase burned up literally means laid bare or exposed. The actual Greek word chosen by Peter in this text conveys the ideal of being uncovered or laid open for exposure. It isn't a matter of utter destruction, but of stripping everything away and getting back down to the original elements. The great universal conflagration that Peter describes will be a purification of the cosmos, a burning away of everything associated with sin, death, the curse, and the temporal. Peter didn't use a word that meant annihilation, but one having to do with renovation. (laughs) Renovation. How about that? (laughs) Hmm. The basic materials of Earth's structure will not be annihilated, but will undergo tremendous progress of disintegration. Ingrained evidences of decay brought to the Earth's crust, especially the fossils and the cemeteries and all the other monuments belonging to the long march of death will be completely destroyed. Wow. Yeah. As the material elements of the former cosmos will melt in the intense heat, God will once more exercise his creative power to recreate the universe to make a new heaven and the new earth. As God created Adam out of the dirt of the ground, so he will recreate the heaven and the earth from the elements remaining after the universe is destroyed by fire. In one of his inimitable sermons, Dr. W.A. Criswell, he put it this way, God someday shall purge this earth and this universe, all of its sin and unrighteousness and darkness and death. It will be dissolved in a fervent heat. The elements shall return to their primordial form and that whole creation of God shall be burned up with fire. It shall be cleansed. It shall be purged. Everything that is wrong and everything that is transgressing and sinful shall be taken out of it. Then shall come to pass this ultimate and final revelation described for us in the twenty first chapter of Revelation. 
out of this purged mass of God's creative work, he will reshape, he will remake, he will recreate all of the heavens and earth. There will be no destruction of what God has made. It is a renewal. It is a renaissance. It is a regeneration. It's a recreation. I guess if you think about it, he everything is new. Nothing former will exist or can be in heaven because it's not pure. Right. All the sin. Oh, yes. Everything. That. Yeah. Everything. Everything that is wrong. Every sinful thing. New. We get another indication of this in Revelation 21. When the Lord declares, Behold, I make all things new. The word new is significant. The Apostle John originally wrote the book of Revelation in the prevailing Greek language of his day. And there were two Greek words for new. One of those words, neos, contained the ideal of creating something from nothing. New in the terms of time. The other word, Caninos suggested newness in the terms of quality. It is the second word that John uses of the new creation at the end of the age. Not utter destruction, but utter transformation. Hmm. Pass away. Yet another indication of this in the Greek term pass away in Revelation 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first Heaven and the first earth had passed away. This Greek word does not mean to cease to exist, but to change form, to pass from one state into another. It's the same heaven and the earth, but glorious, rejuvenated, with no weeds, thorns, or thistles, and so on. We use similar terminology. When I speak of a loved one, who passes away, I don't mean to say they are now non-existent. They haven't been ceased to exist because God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. They have simply moved from one state to another. And I am actually studying on that going into the different spheres as well. Yeah, interesting. I'll be grateful for no more thorns and no more thistles. Oh, my friend, won't that be terrific? Um, You know, here we are in the fall season, and I was out there yesterday uh, trimming some bushes, and I have these two bushes by my back steps in my sunroom, and they are like deadly. I'm going to tell you, they, (laughs) oh my goodness. Hurt, huh? Oh my goodness gracious, yeah. I even have my gloves on, and I'm trying to pick up the debris that I cut off, you know, and it's like, ho, ho, ho. Oh my goodness gracious. So, yeah. Pain. Yes, very. Yeah, it, it causes pain. Like the flood, there's another strong hint about nature of the transition from the old creation to the new creation. Peter compared it to the flood of Noah's day. Remember what he wrote in Second Peter 3? By the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, 
are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Wow. Now, think about this parallel. Was the world of Noah's day destroyed? Well, it was cleansed. It was purified by the waters of the flood. The judgment of God fell over the earth and the very topography of the globe changed dramatically as the waters fell, rose, and dissipated. But the essential elements making up the earth were not annihilated. God did not obliterate the earth's core and erase all of creation from existence, returning everything to emptiness. He renovated it. The renovation at the end of the age will be far more extensive and miraculous. The universe will pass through the smelt furnace of God's judgment and emerge in a pristine state, glorified, transformed, imperishable, and fitted for eternity. Peter helps us comprehend the meaning of the final purging of heaven and earth by describing the earlier purification that took place in the day of Noah. The flood was certainly destructive and cataclysmic, but it did not obliterate the world. God preserved Noah and his family so they could re-inhabit the world that was made ready for them by the cleansing and purification of the flood. In the same manner, God will not cause the present earth to cease to exist by the fire that will come at the end of the age. The fire will have a much greater purifying effect upon the world than the water did, but it will not destroy the world. Like the resurrection of the body, Notice how this process parallels the resurrection of a human body. When Jesus died and rose again, his old body wasn't liberated or recreated from scratch. The body rose again, was the same that had died on the cross, but in that wondrous flash of resurrection power, it was glorified, transformed, and fitted for eternity. The same is true with our own bodies. Our bodies may decay to dust, but God knows where every molecule has landed. Oh, my. Wow. <laughs> and somehow his omnipotent energy, the physical bodies have now will be resurrected and instantly glorified and equipped for eternal life. Yes. We will have new bodies. Not new in terms of time, but in terms of quality in their essence. Miss Kay, we need to wrap it up there. And the next time we get together, we're going to talk about to deny Satan. Get back in there. As always, thanks for stopping by. Yes, have a great week. God bless you.